welcome to Motherhood Every Kind of Way. We want to take a closer look at the journeys of women after and through motherhood. Hey everyone, it's Lynette. Welcome to episode seven. In this episode, I interview my dear friend Ursula. One of my favorite things about Ursula is her ability to be incredibly honest and direct, but with kindness and just the right amount of humor. She's an actress, writer, manager of her husband's corporation, and lead parent to their daughter. She's born and raised in Los Angeles, which is where she resides, with her husband Oscar and their six-year-old daughter August. A fun fact is that Ursula's husband, Oscar, is Oscar Nunez, the actor who you may know from The Office, The Proposal, and most recently from the State Farm campaign that runs through basketball season. I loved this interview. It's brought to you straight from inside Ursula's closet in LA and my bedroom in Chicago. Can you talk about how we met each other? Yeah, so we were in a writing group, and uh, it was uh, Maya Danzinger's Relax and Write, and she mm-hmm. would lead us through a meditation, and then we would just quietly pick up our pen and start writing on our notepad, and then we would read to each other what we wrote, and we were in that for, I think, at least a year. I think and, that's right. And I remember feeling, when I first wrote about being pregnant, that I was somehow betraying one of the women in our group who was our friend, good friend Jules. And I don't know why it felt like, I think because Jules and I had written about, or maybe we were talking about not wanting to lose our, our independence and not wanting to lose our freedoms and not sure if we wanted a child. Maybe we were exploring that in our writing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm writing, you like, pregnant. I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's how you revealed it to, to us within your writing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So as you were reading after that day. It wasn't something I was planning on talking to you all about, but it came up in my writing. So I just went with what was coming out. And then I had to read it in front of you all. And and then uh, and then I think Jules said, I'm pregnant too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Because I think of the three of us, you were the most... You were open-minded and ready to be pregnant and to have a child. That's at least how it felt. And Jules and I, our writing, definitely explored the we're okay with not having a baby and this is what's best and sounding like that was really where we were moving towards, not having a child in yes. our life. And you were both around 39 years no, old? Uh, I was 40 when I got pregnant mm-hmm. and I was 41 when I gave birth to August. So yeah, I thought... You know, my husband Oscar and I, we both thought, hey, we love travel. We love sleeping. Maybe a child isn't in our future. Yes, we love children, but we love other people's children, mm-hmm. right? Where you right. get to go and travel and sleep. And then you visit and then you go and sleep. <laughs> and, yes. And it's not a myth. It's not some myth that like, oh, you lose. You no, know, you really do not get that. That sleep really is. It's, it's part of the trade. It's yeah. a real trade. I would not go back on the trade. Even. I, yeah. What? So that's so crazy, right? So all three of us who had been part of this writing group for <laughs> like a like, whole year, all of a sudden what? we were all pregnant within <laughs> weeks of each, like less yes. all three of them 
All three of our kids were born within a month of each other. And I remember right when we all started birthing our children, Mm -hmm. that two weeks, that month apart seemed so substantial. It did. I was like, oh, August is so much older than Lena. So much older. <laughs> and my my words of wisdom, my pearls for you of what's to come in the next month. I know. It was. It was so valuable, though. And yeah. I, I, ugh, I really, really am so grateful for that time that we were yeah. all together with these tiny ones. Can you expand on a bit about yourself before you became a mom and then how you've changed? Sure. So I am an actress and I was an actress and I was an actress that sometimes worked multiple jobs. So I was a substitute teacher uh, Mm -hmm. for K through fifth for over 12 years and I was a tax preparer and I had a lot of freedom and independence and I lived by myself So I was used to everything being exactly the way I wanted it because I lived so many years by myself. Yeah. And um, I got to that point where, you know, I was, I think in my mid-30s, I was ready. I was ready to, I knew who I loved. I knew, and I knew he loved me, but he had some processing to get through Oscar. Mm -hmm. And uh, because he was in a 10-year relationship that he really needed to process and It was messy, and we broke up over the five years, like, more times than we can count. Yeah. Uh, We don't know. And sometimes we were broken up for 24 hours, and sometimes we were broken up for more than a month. So I definitely, as as an actor, very very self-reflective and very independent, and Mm -hmm. I got to think a lot about myself, and I put myself first a lot. Yeah. And and I also did a lot of of therapy because uh, I had a lot to work through from my childhood. But there was a point where I felt like I had I had done a lot of therapy and I had grown and I was ready to do. I was ready to commit and and build a life with Oscar and and though I was afraid of the 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 loss of things that I like like freedom and sleep and travel mm-hmm. with a child. I did ultimately that was that was why I wanted to get married to him was to have a child with him mm-hmm. and and share that with him and I knew he would be good at being a dad. Mm-hmm. And so when I got when I got pregnant I remember uh, being terrified that mm-hmm. Oscar because Oscar and I literally had a conversation a week before I got pregnant where I said we had been talking do we want a child we were talking so much about it that literally it kind of like paralyzed our intimacy. Right. It, our intimacy became so loaded yeah. that we just were avoiding being intimate with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just table this. Let's just table this. Obviously, this is talking about it is not right now. We just need to pause talking. Stop mm-hmm. talking. We're talking too much. Mm-hmm. Let's just pause it. Let's stop thinking. Because every time you would go to be on the brink of becoming intimate with each other, like all of these flashes would come through. Like, where is this going to lead? Is that is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, too yeah. heady. I've heard some some very educated people in the realm of sexuality talk about like you don't. You don't want to have sex in, in a super heady place. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be stupid and you want to be basic and, and, and disconnect from the very large. And there was just too much head 
heady logic going on around sex, yes. s- sex between us and, mm-hmm. and intimacy. So, so I said, let's just table it. And then I really did mean table it. And then, uh, and then I remember I was out with him like five weeks past, you know, and I, I was having a glass of wine and I thought, huh, you know, I'm a little bit late. If I knew I were pregnant, I would not be having this glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I should go and make sure I'm not pregnant. And so I think there was, as I'm telling you, I can hear like this. There's this part of how like you survive where you disconnect from the truth, where you deny a little bit. Like sure. all of this is me like, I'm a little disconnected during this process. I'm mm-hmm. a little in denial. And and denial actually really helped in this way. Yeah. You know, I needed to deny a little bit of my brainier parts of me. And so I actually didn't tell Oscar. And he was watching a game at the bar of this little restaurant. And I said, I, I got to go run an errand. I'll be right back and I'll pick <laughs> you up. And he's like, OK, no, great. I'll watch the game. And he was enjoying his wine. And I went and got a pregnancy tra- test. And I picked him up, went home. I peed on the stick. And I was like, oh, Ah. And my, I think my first <laughs> words were, oh, fuck. <laughs> yep. Because like, I, I was like, oh, shit. And I really don't know what he's going to, how is he going to handle This is not like something you get to take back. Right. right? No, it's here. Mm-hmm. It's no take backs. So I was, I was scared. I was scared. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, I got to go in the next room. And so I went in the next room and our dog at the time, Gus. Yes. He Gus. was a standard he was a German wired hair pointer. And uh he's super goofy and he was older though. He was like about eleven. And um so I came out to Oscar and I said, I have something to tell you. And he said, What? <laughs> and uh and I was really happy he was a little bit uh, a little bit loose from yes, the, the wine. Just you know? had a bunch of wine. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, um, I'm pregnant. And then I held my breath, and he was like, Oh, Gussie, you're going to have a baby brother. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so relieved, and I also then had to say, Or a baby sister. She could be a she. I I intuited it was a she. And And you were right. I was right. I think what's cool about this is you are so aware of your independence and your desire to travel and all of those things prior. And you had talked about it so much. You know, I think oh, this is so different. I'm sorry, from- to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, oh, but yeah. there's a major point in here. Oh, yeah. Make it. Which is I had, I had not obtained the success as an actress okay. that I wanted to obtain before I had a child. Because yes. I knew it would be harder oh. to pursue my work, my career, mm-hmm. being a mom. And that was a huge component of, when I say loss of freedom, the freedom to do crazy hours and time commitments that just, I, I won't make those decisions right now as a mom of a six-year-old. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not interested in it right now. Mm-hmm. I fantasize about it. Yeah. And like, I think like, oh, and she's... A teenager when she's in high school. I'm going to be like an old lady actress, you know, and then I'll finally break it. Um, (laughs) Break that nut. So, uh, yeah, that was a huge deterrent was that I wasn't where I wanted to be creatively. Yeah. So continue your thought. No, and I think that that is, that's 
underlying every single female actor's journey is that like, yes. I need to be this successful before um, yes. I have a baby. And then now, I mean, when I'm meeting young um, actresses here in Chicago that I feel doing our like storefront theater projects, I feel really proud of the fact that I'm a mother in that space acting because I think it's it just propels forward this idea that well maybe maybe we don't all have to hit a certain amount of success whatever that even you know whether you can even decide what that means you know Mm -hmm. before becoming a mom okay going back to what I was saying before I guess I'm wondering for you because you were aware going into it and you did give this a lot of thought before you became a mom how much of what you were worried about was right and how much of it were you wrong about (laughs) I was um I was a hundred percent right. <laughs> I was a hundred percent right. hundred percent right. I was a hundred percent right. Travel is a fucking bitch with a child. It is not the same experience. And and I do not have freedom and uh boy do I I lack sleep. Mm-hmm. And I you know, my career was quietly pausing right before I got pregnant. And it was time for me to do a reinvestment of like, to the scale of, I made a short film and I co-directed it. I wrote it. I produced it. I did everything. Mm-hmm. I, I was in it. And it at that point when my career was getting quiet, it was time to reinvent. It was time to dig deep and take a lot of time to make something and, and create. And subsequently, since I've had August... I don't, I know the time it takes to do that. And I also know, I went through perimenopause. I started going through perimenopause. I'm still in it. Mm -hmm. And it started for me around 43 years old. I'm 47. And I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired. I don't have the same energy that I did have. And I really have to save that energy for all the other things that I, I, you know, I help. Oscar, run his corporation, I run the house, I parent August, I'm the lead parent on August, and I, I'm full, my plate is full. Yes. The thing is, the thing I didn't know is that once I had August, my what I care about most, what my priority is, it's no longer creating, that. that is still important to me, but August is, is my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my my love for her is so big and I, I've never felt any any love like this before you know being a mom it's a, yeah. it's a special love and so though I, I do struggle I do feel pulled but I also feel like okay f- do what you can and then maybe space is going to open up in your schedule as as she gets older mm-hmm. for sure it will eventually yeah I just don't know where I'm going to be at that point so yeah, I was right that, that all those things are sacrificed, but the thing I didn't predict is this part of my brain that put her first instead of putting me or my career first. It's it, it's a natural shift. It didn't require me to do it. I remember writing about mm-hmm. what if that didn't kick in for me because I don't feel like that really kicked in for my mom. Mm-hmm. I was concerned that in you know you know apples falling from trees you know yeah. maybe it wouldn't kick in for me and then it would be even more hard for our family. It's a hard situation when the mom doesn't feel like she can put the child first because yeah. it, it 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 just it leaves the child 
dealing with things that they probably shouldn't have to deal with. Yeah. And that's Um, a lot of you speaking from experience, experience and thinking about your own relationship with your mom. This next question of mine, it's to paint for yourself. If there is some sort of absolute dream version of motherhood, if you could have everything that you wanted within motherhood for yourself, what would it look like? I suppose uh, 36 hour days. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that would, that would be- <laughs> 50% more time in a day. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of hate this question. You do. Yes, I do hate this. Question. Tell me why you hate and it. And that's okay. Um, I actually would I, love to know why you hate it. Tell me. I don't know if it's possible. What's the point of talking about it? It's not oh. gonna. It's not gonna happen. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna have. Yeah, love. I wish for unicorns uh, <laughs> to, to drive us to school every day, <laughs> um, and then a Pegasus could drive, fly me back. To, I mean, to- I think that my <laughs> ultimate wish is that everyone's like, "Well, I'm I'm living my dream version," or you know, <laughs> okay, a part of that is true. Yeah, part of that is true. Okay, of course, cool. I have. I, I let. Why is it so hard to acknowledge? You know, I'm always trying to teach August to be grateful for what you have instead of always thinking about what you don't have. I do have a lot. I have I have Oscar and August and I love our, you know, I love her so much, you know, I just uh I think that when you have a child, it's you have this feeling for the first time in your life that if this person wasn't on the planet, that it wouldn't be you don't know how you you would stay on the planet without them yeah you know what i mean totally that you know i feel like you feel that on some level when you're a child about your parent or your parents i remember like obsessively saying i love you to my parents every time i walked out of the room Mm -hmm. because i had some um awareness of death but um back to the the utopia I, i mean I guess the utopia would be that somehow between uh, 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. I got to fully be creative as an actress and as a writer and as a director and a producer. And then I somehow had the perfect amount of sleep every night. And (laughs) and so I didn't have foggy perimenopausal brain trying to, you know, get stuff done. And then when I picked up August, we have this wonderful quality time. And the truth is that when I pick up August, she's usually pretty tired and she's pretty cranky and she usually unloads, you know, all the stuff she's been holding it together in the day. And I see like the icky underbelly of what it's like for a six-year-old to hold it together you get to it like gets handed over to you (laughs) let me show you the the horror of my day oh i've i'm right there with you right now because i have a my child is very much a i'm together at school everything is fine and then everything that she experienced that day that was hard not only does it get unloaded on me but it all gets thrown upon her little brother yes Yes, um, and it's almost like she has to try out all the shitty things that happened at school. Pra- 
Yeah, yeah. She's got on the people at process. home. Yeah. Yes. And so what happens when you have one child is they have a need to have a sibling. Mm-hmm. And so she, treat, she she takes turns between the three of us, including the dog. Yes. And she morphs us into siblings yes. where she works out her stuff. Yeah. The, the power play at school comes out and it gets played on the dog, it gets played on Oscar, and it gets played on me. It's really helpful that you all have so much like <laughs> improv and acting experience because it means that you can accept it and send it back. <laughs> so I'll tell you why I like this question because even though you started with the impossible like your 36 hour a day and getting <laughs> you know I, I don't know you said some things in there that I felt like while you might not necessarily be able to attain every single moment you're very aware of this nine to three period of time and maybe I don't know I when when my therapist asked me this question three years ago which is oh, why it's on she? here or mm-hmm. he she asked me that and I was like, eh. you know, I similarly kind of yeah. rolled my eyes at the question. But then when I started to speak about what things I wanted in my life that were not currently in my life, I realized that there were like tiny bits that were possible. And at the time, it was just like, I don't have time to do anything. I can't. I just want to be creative. And and she was like, well, OK, what if you what if you write one thing a month, you know? Right. And I realized, oh, you're right. I, I actually can do that. And those, even those tiny, tiny, tiny things that felt like they were inching toward the dream version, you know, it's almost like the dream met my reality somewhere in the middle. Yeah. 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 So I really appreciate your resistance to that question. Yeah. You know, whenever <laughs> I, and I knew I was like, I'm going to just tell you and, and I don't get dissuaded by my kicking and screaming. I'll get to the other side. I need to kick and scream right yes. now with your stupid question. <laughs> I'll answer your stupid question. Thank you for answering so, my stupid question. <laughs> um, so, uh, but you know what? I, another thing is that when August is acting like Evita, Mm-hmm. And uh, throwing her diva ways around, I I do have the awareness to know that any sort of um, misbehavior is a disconnect she's feeling between us, and that's how she manifests it. So yeah. I do, you know, I do hunker down and I do make a point of doing special time with her every day. Yeah. Where even if it's even if it's like I have no time, five minutes, set the mm-hmm. timer. Okay, let's. What do you want to do? Tell me. I'll do whatever you want as long as it's safe. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it's funny. She really hasn't utilized that as much as she could. No, I mean, like you, I will do anything, anything. you want me to do. Yeah, as long as it's safe. Dream so, bigger. Like, <laughs> you know, make mommy take off all their clothes and jump up and down outside in the rain. Whatever. Yeah, you know, safe. Um, so, but she does. She hasn't thought that out yet. She, it's you just haven't later. asked her this question yet. Like, what is your dream version of those five <laughs> of special minutes? time? <laughs> of special time with Mama. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know, on better days when I have more time, I give her twenty or thirty minutes of "You're the boss," you know, and and she does. She works out her boss stuff a lot. She's very bossy, and then sometimes I, I do remind her. I say. This is special time, and I will do whatever you tell me to do, but 
just know that people like it, you know, more when you say yes and to their ideas mm-hmm. instead of no. Okay, now say this. She's like the she's <laughs> like the crazy Uber director that you yes. hate. Yeah. Okay, now say it like this. Or the okay, worst improv partner ever. Like ever. everything you give gets no, rejected. No. no, no, no. Say it like this. That's what she does. <laughs> like, oh my god, she's working on some power issues. <laughs> Oh, and in there, in my in my like long ass day, yeah, I get like an hour and a half to just be alone with Oscar and just like even just look in his eyes. That's what I like. Every mm-hmm. week we try and make a date, right? Awesome. And you have this feeling of like I have been ordering you around, telling you how you're not doing everything right for like <laughs> seven days. <laughs> How crappy, you know, how crappy you fold the laundry, blah, blah, blah. And now, like, I haven't looked in your eyes once this whole time. Oh, hi. Oh, remember, remember us before we felt like we had 5,000 things to do every day? Yeah. Hi there. Hi there. Can you do it? Is that possible? Yes. Yeah. Oh, the hour and a half every day? Maybe not an hour and a half. Maybe like 10 minutes? Five, just like the special time with August. Give my give my husband some special <laughs> he gets time. Special time too. Because by the time August, oh my god, she's such a she. All of the bedtimes are still really a struggle. Mm-hmm. As she's one of those people, and she's been like this since the beginning, where it takes her on average an hour to fall asleep every yeah. night. So by the time she's done with us, and she finally actually crashes and goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. There's so little of me that wants to like connect with Oscar, and yeah. he's like, I, he's like, I just want to be on my couch and watch my TV, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just want to get three things done out of the one thousand things that I didn't get done today. Yeah, and I think that though it's that you have to fight it, you know, it's like you, you, that's your instinct, but it's not necessarily the best for you guys. Yes, five minutes would be nice, even if we just stole five minutes of, like, looking at each other. It always feels good. I want to know what societal or cultural messages about motherhood frustrate you and how you'd like to see them changed. What I feel frustrated with is the judgment that I feel working moms judge mothers who don't go to nine to five jobs for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel that mothers who don't go to nine to five jobs, who maybe don't work or or don't work in a a traditional way, in a traditional sense, but they're working and maintaining the lives of of themselves and their family members. And, Mm -hmm. and maybe they work part time. So I think we're we're both in that category, right? You and me. Yeah. Do you feel like there are, I agree about what you're describing. What do you think we're doing? You and me? Yeah. Like, do we... To perpetuate that? Yes. Or you. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to speak for me. <laughs> what are you, you doing? Drag I, you into this. I, you drag me into it. I, I will share it too. <laughs> this is not just you. Oh, what am I doing to perpetuate that? Well, I definitely... I buy into their judgments of myself. Maybe I have, I, maybe the judgment that I have it easy or that I'm um, not accomplishing enough. These are the things that I hear mm-hmm. in my head 
that I infer from the women who are, you know, have huge careers while they mm-hmm. have children. I don't know how to turn that off. I'm not really good at turning off quiet judgments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I am capable of doing it anyway. Like, okay, I have a judgment of, against myself. And then just, well, I got to do, I got to write this anyway. I got to parent. These are the choices I made and I prefer them and I'm sticking with them. And I'm going to have to find a way to be okay with people not liking me or judging me because I make those decisions. Yeah. Where do you feel it coming from most? Like uh, concretely, like, is it coming from somewhere specifically? Uh, I felt it a lot with mothers. I did Mm -hmm. feel it a lot at her previous school. Mm -hmm. I noticed that women who were career women, eventually they became very tight and close and I felt excluded. I felt left out. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you think we could do to like chip away at? Do you? (sighs) Do I? Well, (laughs) that's a big goal of this podcast is to hear that there's more of a spectrum and less of a dichotomy. And that, you know, shared experiences are not separated by whether you're a careerist or not. The point is, no matter, I mean, all of the women that I'm surrounded by and that I I see, whether they are women with a specific career Mm -hmm. or they are women who are spending all of their working hours maintaining the house and and maintaining the the people's lives in that house Mm -hmm. and all of the things that that whether it's the bookkeeping in the house and all of that stuff managing women do work extraordinarily hard i don't think that the women who are not with careers are working less hard than the women with careers i I just think think the women with careers are more focused on a specific way of working yeah and 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 their work and their work is monetized in a way right that it is that and that i mean i think that leads back to like we have a very strong value in this country about you know things are worthwhile if they make money so maybe shifting our value system to value non-monetary gains yes isn't that so of course that's 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 the root of it right there ask you another question what are you really good at like something that you're really proud of because you do it really well like a secret super mom power um i'm good at usually except when somebody asks me about how to how to breach the war between career women and (laughs) women who are not career women i feel like you were good at that too so i mean uh, okay (laughs) I feel like I'm good at feel like I'm good at being sensitive. I'm good at figuring if with the problem of not giving up and figuring it out. So I had the problem as um, going through perimenopause at the same time as my child, my two year old, learned the word no mm-hmm. and started throwing temper tantrums and. You know, it didn't help that she had digestive problems because if you have digestive problems, you feel icky. Yeah. If you feel icky, you're moody. Right. And so you have big feelings more than everybody else who's having big feelings. Right. Two and three and four and five years years old. So I did seek help. I'm good at at asking for help when I need it. And Mm -hmm. 
And so I went to an organization called Hand in Hand Parenting and I took a look at myself and I was raging as a mom. I was, you know, when she was wigging out and having meltdowns, I was having a meltdown back at her because I was taking it personally and, and I was trying so hard and I had so little left when she would come undone. And, and I started to learn that the kids, what they do at this age is they are little volcanoes and they build and build and build and the 20 things that didn't go their way that day. And then they explode like Mount Vesuvius Mm -hmm. because you gave them toast that has edges that are not the right shape. Right. And if you go chasing that rainbow, trying to make the toast the right shape instead of like just letting your kid have their feelings Mm -hmm. and listen and let them get to the other side and then they'll eat their freaking toast no matter what the shape is. Or they'll at least say it to you more politely, like, you know what, Mama, I don't like it like this. Yeah. So that was really helpful. I got that insight from hand-in-hand parenting, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm good at asking for help. Yeah. And then actually trying it out and, and keep trying. Yes, you are. Thanks for owning. Yeah. I feel like this isn't really a podcast. It this doesn't. is like What does it feel no, like I, to you? I feel like you invited me to come and have a wonderful therapy session. Oh my goodness. And I feel like I feel like I'm richer for this. I feel like cuz yeah, I feel like you gave me something. Oh my goodness. With your, with your questions, with your stupid questions. I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thank you, Lynette. You're welcome. That is the biggest compliment you could give me. I, I, I mean, if it's a big compliment, is what I'm trying to tell you. It's a very positive way, though. It's a very positive. Your questions are very positive. I didn't realize it when I read them and I thought about them that that would they would give me something by answering them, and they do. Thank you, Ursula, for saying that. <laughs> talked a a little bit about it earlier. Magda, who is my co-host, and I had a conversation about self-care and how self-care isn't isn't pampering, but self-care is really whatever it is that you do in your life to fill up your bucket and help recenter you. What do you do for self-care? I spent a lot of my earlier years in my life when I would say, oh, this doesn't feel right to me. And then somebody else would say, no, it should feel right to you. And then I I would say, oh, I really value or respect this person, or I think of I think well of this person. So mm-hmm. then I should, I should feel or think what they're telling me, and not what I think. What's t- coming from inside, saying like, this is what's right for you, or this is the truth that you, as you see it. Yeah. And that happened so many times, and I think it led. It happened early on. I mean, it happened from my my relationship with my mom. That mm-hmm. was a. That was a main component of the relationship of me saying, doesn't seem right to me, this. And she would say, no, this is how it is, and this is the right way. And and so my greatest self-care as an adult is no matter how much I value somebody as a person, if if their truth doesn't align with what is my truth, then it's okay to to speak up for myself and, and reject what they're saying. It's hard, too, because people you value and love yes. uh, aren't going to agree with everything right. you say and vice versa. Yeah. So that's that's probably the biggest self-care 
is to listen inside. And if I can't hear what's going on inside, then I, I better get some a, space some and five listen. minutes to to hear what's inside. I am curious about something I've wondered. I've wondered about this. And you live in Los Angeles where I feel like the percentage of actors and celebrities is is much higher than the rest of this country. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious as a family when you are out because you have a husband who is recognizable and mm-hmm. Do you feel like you were under a different kind of scrutiny as parents? Uh, I don't feel that. Mm -hmm. And I don't perceive Oscar to feel that. Honestly, um, and maybe it's, it's maybe perhaps people think of Oscar. He's, he's beloved because of Oscar Martinez on the office. And people who love the office right now are preteens and teens. I know it's amazing. It's back. And 20 somethings. Yeah. Yeah, It's back because of Netflix. And, and so those people aren't necessarily connecting him as a parent. Right. You know, we're often like standing next to him and like, they only have eyes for Oscar. Oh, it's so interesting. It's hilarious. (laughs) Like little young men look at Oscar the way like young men used to look at me. Yeah. They look at it, they look at him. It's like, oh, it's you, you know, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. So, uh, in any case, I think if if I were the one that were the celebrity, perhaps it would be I would be more scrutinized. Yeah, but I'm not a celebrity, so I have the the you have the anonymity of, of, of being yeah, yeah of making mistakes. I and think being... too because Oscar's character on The Office is gay. It also mm-hmm. doubly makes it so that people don't yes that people are still surprised that he has a wife and a child. Yes, <laughs> I've, I've still I hear still people say, "Wait, you're not gay." <laughs> <laughs> And I say, he's just gay enough. He's just gay enough to make the perfect husband. Yes. Yes. He's awesome. Uh, thanks so much for talking with me today. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. I'm, I'm very honored. Thank you so much for joining us this episode. The moms you hear from on our podcast are encouraged to speak honestly and unapologetically about their experiences and choices. But the stories and points of view heard here do not reflect any official view of our podcast. We hope that being a part of these conversations will encourage all of us to turn toward ourselves and embrace motherhood our kind of way. Please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Motherhood Every Kind of Way or email us at motherhoodeverykindofway at gmail.com. And a special thanks to Bea Serene for letting us use your beautiful music. Music.